The following episode is brought to you by A Beginner's Guide to Nutrition. Are you struggling to create healthy eating habits and maintain a healthy lifestyle? Do you find it challenging to know what to eat and when to eat it? If so, I have the perfect solution for you. My simple guide teaches you not to demonize food groups like fats and carbs. You will learn what to eat to lose weight and maintain your physique. You'll also discover how to build muscle, endurance, and strength. Taking accountability for your lifestyle is one step in the right direction. Learning to rehabit ourselves and eating this, not that, will also help you become the best version of yourself. Realizing that you need to learn how to eat in order to live in moderation is a challenging admission for some to make. The ability to determine that skipping breakfast sets you up for bad food decisions throughout the day sets you up for success in your fitness journey. But that's not all. After you've learned to create healthy habits and food choices, this book doubles as a food journal. This enables you to meticulously track your meals and have a quick reference on what foods to eat all in the same place. This is a blueprint to create a newer and healthier you. Don't wait any longer to take control of your health and wellness. Order my guide today and start becoming the best version of yourself. The link will be in the show notes. To the Michael Nance Audio Experience Podcast. Today, I really wanted to touch on this noise that we've been hearing about Chelsea's manager search. And we've been looking at the possibility of them hiring Julian Nagelsmann to be the next coach for Chelsea. And a lot of people seem to think that's going to be like a hand-in-glove fit. And I've read, I've done a little bit of research around his style and, you know, what he brings to a team. And I believe that it's not going to be, I don't think he's going to be the best fit for the team. I think he is a brilliant coach, a brilliant manager, but I just believe at the end of the day, he is more like a big brother figure. And the team really, truly needs more of a, frankly, an adult. They need a grown, a grown up to come around the team and help get the players on track. I, I personally have not identified who that manager is. There are a lot of good, fancy names out there that could potentially be that. But right now, Nagelsmann is for sure not the guy. And so, yeah, I want to read an article that I read about him and really just about 
you know, his style and how it ended there. I think it began with, first off, they talk about the timing of his sacking and how it was not ideal, but they couldn't afford to lose another game. They couldn't afford at Bayern, here we're talking about Bayern, they couldn't afford to drop any more points on the table. Yeah, it wasn't planned by those in charge from what the article is saying and things that really just, they quickly had taken a turn for the worse. And they had held their talks about Tuchel taking over for the start of next season. So they had already had these discussions behind the scenes about bringing in Tuchel in the following season. But they really... I think Tuchel, from what I read in the article, said, nah, if you want me, it needs to be now because you're going to have to compete with other clubs in the summer and I might find a more appealing project. It says that the poor results are really the main reason why he was fired. There there are other reasons, but the poor results just, it it, it created a sense of urgency or exigency around them needing to make a, a move because they do want to win the Champions League. And not, it says not everybody was convinced that the situation was unsalvageable, or at least in the short term, but their excellent results in the Champions League were why they have, or why they were eight, eight wins. They, basically, they won eight of eight Champions League games. They just, they were rolling in the Champions League under... Nagelsmann, but the club, they really wanted decided that they wanted to make a clean break in this summer. And again, Tuchel said they got to get him now or competing with other clubs in the summer for his services. And history has taught them that they needed to take that seriously. So in spring of 2018, they actually approached Tuchel and they actually wanted him to be the club back then, but that was when he decided to go to PSG. And they really liked the guy, and they hate that they missed out on him. And so they were not going to miss out on him a second time. They had to just they had to go and get him. And they said that there was a lot of embarrassment and regret over the way that he was fired, but not about the decision itself to get rid of him. So they admitted that it was in poor taste to fire him the way that they did, but they also admitted that it had to be done. He had to go. And they said the players actually complained that the coach was overcomplicating things in training, which that's interesting. Chelsea fans pay attention to that. He made too many changes during games and he didn't even communicate with the players. He also vowed to listen more and adopt a more steady approach, but then he also had to abandon his 4 2 formation after a run of poor, poor performances. He recently reintroduced a 4-2-3-1-3-4-2-1 hybrid system that was sometimes the best of both worlds, but more often was confusing for the players. And there was a latent tension between his preferred, like, possession style play and more of a direct style, 
which was favored by the players. They wanted to play more direct to goal, and he wanted to have possession and win the possession battle throughout the games. And so when the coach wants one thing and the players want another, it it doesn't fit. It's square peg around hole type stuff. And so Byers' build-up play through the center backs was also an issue that they identified in high, against high pressing against high pressing opponents. It is not. It wasn't a successful tactic, but he resisted attempts by seasoned players to modify that setup. So even his veteran leadership in the locker room was coming to him and saying, "This ain't working. We need to do something else." And he refused to change. So that's also something you should keep in mind when you start talking about fit going forward for a young Chelsea team. And also the new signing that they got on loan of Joao Cancelo, he didn't realize what he was supposed to do in his on-field responsibilities because things were shifting, things were changing. And it, it was just... It's too complicated. He's, he's complicating his tactics far too much. And it, it also, the article also says that he put the system over the needs of the players, which was an often repeated complaint inside the club. A lot of his players said that they felt like he preferred the system over the players. So if you didn't fit, he wasn't getting rid of you. You were just going to sit on the bench. One example of that was a 3-1 loss at Gladback, which Upamecano was sent off after heck, less than 10 minutes. And they were surprised to hear that the coach was getting at them for not pressing harder at halftime, even though they were down a man. Because he's thinking, like, the system ain't going to change. You just need to do what I'm telling you to do. And they're like, dude, we're stretched thin. Because we're down 10 men. Some of the other professionals in the locker room also found it hard to be consistently in and out of the lineup, especially without him taking time to explain his decisions in great detail. He struck up a close relationship with Kimmich, but nobody else on the team really seemed to get in his good graces. So that's another big issue. If you're going to make someone fall out of the squad, then you need to tell them what they need to work on to improve to get back into the squad. Because obviously, players want to play. The whole Manuel Neuer thing, when they got rid of the the goalkeeping coach, Neuer was pissed. It's sad. <laughs> it won him very few friends in the squad as did his decision to substitute Thomas Muller, a few minutes into the loss at Gladback. And Nagelsmann later vowed not to repeat that mistake, but then he subbed Muller again at halftime versus Liverpool. And Muller is absolutely one of their talisman, one of their better players that they have. So getting rid of him, I, that's just a mistake you can ill afford to make. Or not getting rid of him, but not playing him and not being in his good graces is a decision that he could ill afford to make. But Neuer said when they got rid of that goalkeeping coach, it felt like his heart was being ripped out 
It was the most brutal thing he'd ever had to deal with in his career. And so Nagelsmann fires their goalkeeping coach, and then he ends up getting fired. So now Neuer's without his goalkeeping coach for essentially no reason at all now. But back to Nagelsmann here, he made his name by always picking different lineups tailored to the specific challenges of each game. And I do think that decision is a smart decision to make. So I'm not criticizing him for that move in particular. But the complicated dynamics in Bayern's dressing room really demanded a less interventionist approach. Too many players felt like they were undermined by the never-ending changes of the squad. He changed things up way too much. Tactics, oh, now we're going with this. Now we're going with that. Now I'm starting this guy. Now I'm starting that guy. And the communication wasn't great. So looking back at his 22 months in charge, it's easy to find some great games. But tellingly, no single player was able to play at their very best throughout that time. And neither was the team. The individual quality was such that they could still win a lot of games because they just have better players, especially in those Champions League matchups that they were in. And let's be real, like they had some good fortune and they also worked really hard, which is, I think, a staple of Bayern teams. They all work really hard, but they lose control and they lost their shape because their tactics were all over the place and the players didn't really understand what their responsibility was far too often. Now, I did not help them around either that they decided to back Nagelsmann. I'm talking about the ownership back Nagelsmann, even though the players were disappointed and they wanted a change. Maybe not a change in coach, but they wanted Nagelsmann to change up what he was doing or how he was doing things. But he blamed the squad's poor mentality after bad results, which is, again, that's that's not a way to win over your team when you start throwing them under the bus. It's, yeah, that's not a good look at all. And they also say in the article that Nagelsmann didn't help his cause by occasionally showing some inexperience. Eyebrows were certainly raised when he came to training on a skateboard and drove a motorcycle in town. It, it really just, again, that those type of behaviors feel like big brother, cool uncle, older sibling type behaviors, not the guy you want in charge because he's purporting himself to be this young guy. But when it comes to making contact and building relationships with these young players, he's struggling to break through. And that, to me, just doesn't make any sense. They also had a relationship with a freaking tabloid reporter and the players were like, what's the deal with this? Like, you could bring her a story and then she can have some inside information. She had access to all kinds of inside information. It, it just, it did not do anything to improve the trust between him and his players. Or many players on the team didn't actually care about the skateboarding stuff, the motorcycle stuff, the tabloid girlfriend stuff. But they just said that they had a tough time relating to him. He's highly engaging on tactics, but he was often too outspoken in press conferences. So constantly saying things he probably shouldn't say 
in press conferences. And we know that Chelsea fans put everything under a microscope. And Potter was saying things he shouldn't say in press conferences. And he was saying things nicely. And in fact, he was criticized for being too nice. And so now you're thinking that Nagelsmann is going to be this hand-in-glove fit, this guy who's coaching your dreams. And you really need to think about the reason why he's available is because he was fired from his last job. Now, that in and of itself does not mean he's not worth a shot at the Chelsea job. But when you start to deep dive into why he was fired, that may give you some pause. He trained the heck out of him, too. Former Juventus midfielder DeLitt, uh, Matthias DeLitt. They told him that today's training session was probably the hardest he had ever had in four years. And Nagelsmann said probably in the summer, okay, let me, I'm going to edit this part out because that didn't make any sense. So what he was doing in press conferences was he was actually revealing private conversations that he had between himself and his players. He even, for example, Matthias DeLitt, one of their talisman players, again, he had told Nagelsmann, I guess you could say in confidence, that today's training session was probably the hardest he'd ever had in four years. And he just let this out at a press conference over the summer. And now the headlines were looking like, oh, man, this dude can't even, he can't even keep up. Or he was saying that he never had it hard at Juventus. And conversations like that just don't need to be out in the open. That was a, a conversation that did not need to be repeated to the public. And he even talked about a Serge Gnabry's trip to Fashion Week in Paris, putting pressure on him to make up for for have, playing some mistakes in in their game. Now, granted, the, the Gnabry did play a little poor in the second half of the draw, but that was unnecessary. Again, so you want to say that because he went to Fashion Week in Paris, that that was the reason why he played bad? It just it's again stuff like that is just never going to be a good look. All this stuff it should have. It should not have been an issue individually, but when you really compile it all together, it makes, that's why he was fired. And maybe he behaved that way because he was, he had a level of comfort there and he thought that he was untouchable and he can do things any way he wanted to. But you really need to take a step back and, yeah, he said he was heartbroken after getting fired and maybe this was going to be an opportunity for him to look himself in the mirror and try to do better and try to improve on things going forward. Because when you look at it, he was supposed to develop youngsters. He didn't. He was known for being able to do, but he did not develop any of the younger players here. And he also could not do develop, do, play the developmental game with the young players and then balance that with playing the veterans and managing personalities. These are all base-level requirements for a coach. Most coaches are going to be asked to develop a young talent while also playing and making happy your veterans 
and managing a squad full of personalities. That just comes with the job. And so if you're saying that these are things he struggled at at his last job, what makes you think he's going to turn around and now be masterful at it at his new job? They say in the article that there's no ill will feelings towards him at the club. They really would have liked for him to listen more to his advice. And this is like club leadership, like board type uh, people with this quote. They're saying that they really would have liked for him to listen to their advice. They have worked well with enough top coaches to accept some of their idiosyncrasies. But I don't think he was a man that was willing to take in advice and then apply that advice to save his job. He was generally well-liked and appreciated, though. But I don't think the time was right for him. I don't think this was the best club or the best opportunity for him at this point in time in his career, I'm not saying he can never, ever be the Bayern coach again. But right now, as currently structured, the squad was not really ready for him. Chances are, though, his, at his next club, you know, they will they'll benefit from the, the heartbreak that he suffered and being able to put forth what he has learned from his past mistakes. But the Bayern just, they couldn't deal with it. And I think that's really where I'm going to leave it. But I I just really want to say, Chelsea fans, you really need to uh, take a deep breath and decide if this is the guy. Based on everything, just educate yourself. I will also leave a link to the article in the show notes so you can read this and and. Maybe you can find something here that I left out and missed. But thank you again for listening. And I appreciate the time you take to engage with me. And peace. Thank you for listening to the Michael Nance Audio Experience. Subscribe to the show so you never miss a future upload.